All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Can you see it? Did you notice? Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. It arms fans and welcome back to another episode of the canucks conversation brought to you by the great folks at zephyr epic my name is david quadrelli and joining me on this episode is chris faber chris how are you doing i am doing excellent today i'm in a great mood are you yep that's good any particular reason nope uh i'm kind of excited like a lot of people hate on the christmas changeover as soon as november 1st hits 
but I'm all for it. Uh, I'm down for the Christmas movies because like people were like, oh, like you can watch some Halloween movies. There's no good Halloween movies. Like, can you think of one good Halloween movie? Well, I mean, Friday the 13th, I, I like. Okay, personally. well, I don't anything with a jump scare. I'm not into it, so I'm not watching any of that. Oh, my gosh. The jump scares on Call of Duty oh have been getting us lately, man. I've like considered starting a Twitch stream just so people could have seen my reactions. Like I have I'll be like drink. I'll be like, you know, opening a chest, reach over to grab a quick sip of lemonade. I'm like throwing lemonade across the room. These <laughs> jump scares are insane but no i've uh actually i've switched over to my christmas socks already as you can see right now i'm wearing socks to say ho 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 on them and the thing that people can't see uh in person is there my legs and feet are so damn big it's stretched out all the letters you're gonna have you can barely read that it says ho 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 on the socks you're gonna have to tweet a photo of this people are gonna want to see these these are excellent but i get so many christmas socks uh for like for christmas presents every year like it's like same thing like my mom will get me pajamas socks and underwear and she always gets a bunch of christmas stuff and it's like it's a horrible gift to get at christmas because you can't even wear any of it right like why would you wear christmas stuff after christmas but now that we switched over i have all this christmas stuff i got Christmas underwear, Christmas socks, Christmas pajamas. Like, I'm all down for it. I know people hate on it, but, like, I used to work in a mall, and it would switch over to Christmas music on November 1st, and, like, I was down. I like all the Hmm. Christmas music songs. I don't care if they get stuck in your head. It's two months. Just deal with it for two months. I was listening to my first Christmas music on October 21st. That was the first... uh that was the first day where I fired up Mariah Carey. Yeah, I don't like it that much. Like, I'm not going to start in well, October. November I, 1st for me is like the switchover day. You know what? I was having a bad day, and I was like, I wonder if Christmas music will help. And it did. So, you have a, Is that your favorite then, Mariah Carey? Yeah, yeah. All I want for... Are you kidding me? That's oh, like a classic. I don't but, know. You know You're what the young kid. You should... I have my favorite song, and I think it's by far the best Christmas song from like a pop star. Like, obviously, there's like the classics, okay. right? Yeah. But the best pop star Christmas song... Is Santa Tell Me by Ariana oh, Grande. Oh, I'm with you there. That I'm is with one, you there. like, man, me and the boys have gone down to that song. Oh, like, man. We have th- thrown that on at parties in July and gotten the dance floor pops <laughs> to Santa Tell Me by Ariana Grande. It's, it's honestly a great song. It's, it's an fantastic. excellent song, yeah. And it's Completely. fairly recent, too. 2017, 2018, probably, Yeah, probably within the last five years, for sure. Yeah, like, it's... Oh, it's absolutely. A, it's yeah. one of the best... It's the best pop song that's came out... Best pop Christmas song in the last 10 years, for sure. You know what? Mistletoe by Justin Bieber is a good one, too. I'll let you have that one. I'm not into that. That's a good one. I'm sure it is. You know what else I was listening to? Christmas music? You know you know how I like jazz, right? And I play clarinet? Yeah. Benny Goodman's Christmas album. Really good stuff. All right. I don't know what those words mean. Benny Goodman was like the best clarinetist of all time. Okay. so Sorry I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Don't disrespect Benny Goodman on this podcast. Too late. I think we have some Canuck stuff to talk about. Well, we have a huge guest on the show this week, too. Oh, yeah. I'm I said to two that. things you had to intro the show with, and you didn't do any of them. <laughs> well, okay. So you did one of them. I, I was gonna, after after I introduce you, you're always, like, telling us how your day is. I, when I say, how are you doing, you just say good. I don't know. I, no, I have Because that, that was my say. plan. I was just going to be like, oh, yeah, and we're also going to be joined by Jack Rathbone. But now I forgot, because we're talking about, oh, yeah, by the way, we're, we're going to be joined by Jack Rathbone. You heard it there. Wonderful conversation with this kid. And... Yeah, he the way he carried himself, man, it was just fantastic. I mean, I'm going to like read a quote from a, a Daily Hive article by Rob Williams just about like, you know, give a little bit of a backstory on Jack Rathbone because, you know, a lot of people have heard that he's very close with his brother, but a lot of people don't know the full story. So mm-hmm. I'm going to break it down. You know what? And the story that we heard a lot was that that was the reason why he stayed back for high school. And yeah, like obviously that's the story that people ran with and people talked about a lot, but we, we heard a little bit that it was some other things as well. You know, it was wanting to be by his whole family, you know, be back for his mom's cooking and a lot of stuff. So yeah, like, you know, 
people say this all the time, and, I, and we're, I know we're not really going to get into it, but like Spit and Chicklets does a really good job of having these guys open up. And it was fun with Jack. Like we joked around at the start before we even started recording. He, like him, I wish it was recorded of him telling the story. Oh uh, yeah, on, like the actual full story of him going trick or treating with his little brother. Because like that was incredible. Like the the full story was so good. And yeah, we didn't get we didn't we, record when we were doing it because we're just you know we we talk to people normally before we do the interview, yeah. just chit chat, warm them up. Yeah, yeah. But he like came out with a banging story right off yeah. the bat about his brother. Yeah, like I could try and tell it. He he said that. His younger brother was like looking for a Halloween costume and they had this catalog, I guess, that they were looking yeah. through and they're going to order a costume off of there. And then he, he points at Darth Vader and he's like, uh, he's like, I want to be that guy. <laughs> and then Jack's like, do you know who that is? He's like, no, he's like, but he's cool looking. <laughs> and then he like <laughs> the Jack, uh, Jack Rathbone, he went as a stormtrooper. So uh, yeah, they did match some social him. distancing trick or treats. And yeah, and, yeah so that was just brother, an awesome story. Took his brother trick or treating. And it's just like, yeah, it's just another testament to like, you know, this guy's a good dude and you can just tell just the way he was talking and oh man, I nothing but good things to say about him. And yeah, I mean, these are the quotes that I wanted to read. They're actually from Jack's dad and this was when he was drafted. So like, again, he's like a fourth round pick. He's not really, you know, on everybody's radar. Like national media didn't want to talk to him, obviously, like they would a first round pick, but Ellie Friedman was talking to him on draft day and he was talking to him about, you know, the decision to stay in high school. And yeah, I mean, it's... It's really interesting what he had to say because, I don't know, like his dad was basically just talking about how he's so important to his little brother's development. So his little brother was eight when Jack was drafted. He's now 11 years old. Uh, So I'm just pulling up the quote here. Yeah. So basically, Teddy's eight years old, making good strides with his speech therapy and flourishing in an integrated classroom uh, at some school. I'm not going to say the name. For that reason, Jack would prefer to stick around for a while. That was kind of the memo that was thrown out to all the teams. Uh, And this is what Jack said about his brother. He said, he's a big piece of my life, and I'm going to be honest, it would be tough to leave him for seven months out of the year at this stage. He's probably my best friend. So being able to stay home, being able to complete my four years at Dexter, they took a financial risk on me and my sister. We wouldn't be able to afford an education there being able to finish my four years and getting my diploma. That means a lot to me and my family. Just like, just a genuinely good dude. And I mean, it, I don't know. It's, it's almost like, I, I, I know, I, I know I'm doing a lot of the talking here, but something I messaged you after is like, even if it was off air asking him, like I would have loved to have gotten his thoughts on the Mitchell Miller situation. Yeah. You know what? We missed out. Yeah. We missed on that completely. I think we were just too hyped, and, and this is like yeah. this just happened. We did the interview on Sunday, yeah, right for people to know, and yeah, we missed out an opportunity just to hear what he had to say because yeah, I think that he would have had something pretty firm to say on the situation. Absolutely, right? I think he definitely would have, and and yeah, like like you're you guys are going to hear it in the interview. He was excellent. He had good stories. He was fun. He was he just seems like a great kid to have into this organization. You see the guys that they're drafting lately. And, like, there's no problems with any of these guys, you know. Like, it, it seems like they're drafting really good people um, that are good at hockey. And it seems like Jack Rathbone fits right into that. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited. And I think that um, I think people should be excited for this interview. It's like 25 minutes long. Jack gave us a bunch of time. And he, he even came on off air uh, to tell us about Aiden McDonough and the nickname of Dunzo as well. You guys are going to hear that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure there's a – so you didn't – tell us the full story but he gave us a half story uh on why mcdonough's nickname is dunzo um but that was a lot of fun and yeah it's, it's crazy to hear all the connections we didn't really get into too much about the um uh the judd bracket relationship either you know it's old news yeah it's, it's, it's old news now, it was right? something you know a couple of things we could have touched on but at the same time uh good conversation in the end and honestly like he we've been talking about it lately we talk about this so much uh about the bottom pairing uh 
but he really has a chance to surprise people, right? He does. Like he is one of the two guys. He's a wild card that I'm looking at at camp that has a chance to really surprise. It's him and Niels Hoglander, and mm. you know those two guys competed in training camp together, um, or I guess not, or development camp. I mean, and uh, Rathbone missed last year. Yeah, because he broke of the, his foot because of the surgery that he had. Or, yeah, so. he didn't break his foot. He had a surgery. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So I think those two coming into camp is going to be a really interesting story. Um, and yeah, it's going to be fun to follow him moving forward here for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we got to show him all the good Italian restaurants because he said that's his favorite food. Good good choice by him. So when he gets to Vancouver, we're going to be his tour guides for sure. Most definitely. And yeah, aside from that, like there's not a lot of Canucks news really to get into. Um, I want to say one more thing okay, about ahead. the relationship with his brother. So this is what his dad said when Jack was drafted. He said, Jack has helped my wife and me so much with Teddy. It could be as severe as Teddy having a seizure and Jack has been there to help him get him on his side and deal with it. Or it could be as simple as going swimming with him. We've got a little in-ground pool in the back, and Teddy always wants to go swimming, and my wife and I can't always be there. Jack is always willing to hop in the pool with him and be with him. Man, I, I again, I can't say enough good things about this guy. Like That Dude. actually like warms your heart. That's that's super nice to hear about a player. Um, and yeah, I mean, you just you you didn't get the vibe that he was arrogant at all. Uh, and you know when you're a top top player like that in the NCAA, it, it'd be easy to it'd be easy, especially you know. And that's why I asked him that question, uh, the one that we used on all the promos. The are you NHL ready? Because I want to see what he wanted to say. Like obviously he's not going to say no. I need I need to go to Utica. Like these guys better send me down. I always love I that question there. because like yeah, they're never going to say no. But yep. I'm always curious to how they say that they yep. are. And yep. I think Jack did a good job. And of, you know uh, who you know who Jack's answer reminded me of is Quinn Hughes. He mm-hmm. came in and he said. I'm confident in my abilities, and that's all he that's all he has to say is I'm confident. He doesn't have to say, Oh, I'm gonna be better than this guy, blah, 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 all this other stuff. No, he just says, I'm confident in my abilities. Uh, and then yeah, he, like Jack even said, he's like, Yeah, I don't want to speak out of line here, but yeah, I, I'm confident in my abilities. And you're gonna hear his full answer in the full conversation. And I mean, there's not a ton of I have stuff to talk about. Sure, okay. If we don't want to talk about there's no there's no Canucks news. In the no, past, there's nothing since the last episode. But one of the popular articles on Canucks Army was the Canucks top costumes for Halloween. Yes, Clarissa. So I'm curious who your favorite costume was out of all of them. Dude, okay, first of all, PDS Elmo hanging with the Riverdale crew is hilarious. You know what? I got some I got I found that out cuz the girlfriend hooked it up. She's she's like, "I'm just looking at the Riverdale <laughs> thing." He's like, "Didn't you say that one of the Canucks was dressed as Elmo?" And I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "Is this him in this uh Instagram story?" And I was like, "Oh, snap." I was like, "I'm getting Canucks news." For my girlfriend, so shout out to the girlfriend for wow. breaking the news to me there. That's beautiful. Insider. Insider, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. He was, yeah, I mean, I think he's he's been hanging out with them for a while now, but yeah, that was cool. He was with them on Halloween. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, his was his was good. I've, like, <laughs> Adam got Ed as the Joker. Like, I don't know what, if we ever get got Ed on the show, like, it's we perfect. could spend 10 full minutes talking about his obsession with the Joker. Oh, absolutely. Like, not only did Adam got Ed go as the Joker... But his wife, Michaela, went as the Joker, too. Like, <laughs> I know. how much does he love the Joker that he might have, like, got his wife to wear the exact same it's outfit fantastic. as well? I love it. Oh, That's yeah. Awesome. It's just, like, I've seen it's, like, his new uh, profile picture on Twitch and stuff. Oh, is it? And, like, stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, Michaela actually just started streaming, like, today. She I saw started the stream. A, yeah, that's her. That's playing her Among Us. New, uh... New profile picture is her as the Joker, which is yeah. awesome. That, that's, that's a good couple's costume. We, I love it. We need to make that happen. Play with, play with Godette. Yeah, like he's really good. Like he's good at, at Warzone. Yeah, absolutely. We're not. No. 
I'm going to sniping. We got wins. No, that's the thing, man. You, we got to have a serious conversation about your what? sniping. Maybe off air. Wow. Me, me and the part in our third are always in there battling, and you're 500 meters away up in some freaking yes, tower. air support, man. Shooting I'm, other guys in the whole, on the other side of the map. Yeah, and I'm yelling. I downed And then one of us need to get revived, and once again, can't get revived by Dave again. I go by UAV. I play, yeah. I play to win. Yeah, exactly. You play to win, and you don't play at all. <laughs> Playing up in the tower. Anyways, we'll get a game with him in. And maybe that'll be a lot. If we, if we play Warzone with Gaudet, that I, I would turn it on with the sniping. And you bet I'd revive him. I'd revive Adam Gaudet. Yeah. I don't well, revive that's you. When you play with someone like that, you got to like... Oh, yeah. You got to be, gotta be nice. nice. Would, yeah. like, be all over like everything. Adam, do you want all my ammo? Yeah. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> I got a gold awkward. gun. You can have it, though. Just be suckers. But like, <laughs> I, I the other thing I wanted to ask about Halloween costumes was, do you have one growing up that you were more proud of than any other one? Because uh, I have one. Up. I can say mine first if you want. I mean, my grandpa and I have gone as nudist on strike for right. the past like six years since mm-hmm. I stopped dressing up. I stopped dressing up when I was like 14. What? Um, yeah, I, I didn't dress up. Actually, no, I, I was in a relationship. Oh, I guess I did dress up, but I took it off right away. It was just like the girlfriend wanted pictures. So I was like, all right, I'll put this on and then took it off right away. What were you? Uh, well, I don't, I don't even remember what my last costume was with, with her, but. What was that? My best costume? I was a ninja one year, and that was really fun. Okay. And I was Mario another year. That was a really good one. Okay. Mario was probably my favorite So you never one. won, like, the school competition then or anything? No. With, with these ideas. Oh, mine I have a story. Have pretty I, extravagant. I have an Alex Burrow story after. Okay, give her. Give her no, the- no, no. It's not related to Halloween. Okay. It's just a school contest. So one that I won the school contest for, mm-hmm. it was, I was probably... Man, it would probably have to be like grade two or three. So full beard. Early 2000s. Yeah, full beard, six foot two, 300 pounds. <laughs> uh, but the costume that I wore, so I took a hula hoop and covered it with a blue tarp and then put myself in the blue tarp in the hula hoop and then put a swirly thing on it and I was a polywhirl, like the Pokemon. It was oh. an incredible costume. And at the time, this is when Pokemon was huge. It just came out. It was like the movie might have just came out or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a hula hoop. That was blue, covered in a tarp, and then you put like the polyrath face on it, or polyrath, whatever one of the yeah, polyrath. Yeah, yeah. So I was one of those, and like it was the best costume. But I had to like waddle around everywhere because I had a full hula hoop, like and like a tarp wrapped around it. And we put a lot of effort into that one. I'll see if I can find the picture. Uh, I, sh- I should have put it up on Twitter for Halloween, but if I can find it, I'll put it up. But that was like one of my best costumes of all time. My brother was a was a vampire for like seven or eight years in a row. I don't know wow. why he was like obsessed with just being a vampire. Wow. But my go to one over the past couple of years has been Ricky. Obviously, like I don't yes. even have to do very much you to look so like Ricky. Well too. <laughs> Like, so when I actually, like, try to look like him, it's incredibly easy. I somehow found the T-shirt at a winner's of the one that he wears with, like, it's a certain kind of... Uh, Plaid, yeah. Yeah, but it's like a... Man, what am I trying to say here? Like, the design or however the... Whatever the thing is, like, it's known as something, but I can't remember. Because I remember huh. seeing it on a couch, and I was like, that's, like, the shirt from Trailer Park Boys that Ricky wears. Like, oh, no, that's, like, a certain... I can't even think of it right now. But anyways, like, that one's been good. Uh, I've gone as... When I had the beard one time, I put uh, a bunch of paint and baby powder in it, and I went as Santa. Oh. I did my eyebrows, and I did my hair. Like, I just... And I didn't do it, like, in a good way, because I put, like, acrylic paint Oh my god! And like baby powder, and I learned that. Well, I learned the first night because I wore it two nights in a row. This is when I was down in Victoria at uh, university. Where, like, and I wore it two nights in a row. The first night I just did paint, and it went so hard. <laughs> it was like oh. the costume looked really bad. Then I get all sweaty, and it's like going off. So like, oh. I think the second day I did 
some sort of wet thing mixed with baby powder, and that was this seemed to work out a lot better. So, yeah, Ricky's my go-to, and I still have the costume. I'll probably wear it again next time we can go to costume parties. Hopefully that's, you know, hopefully Halloween 2021, but we'll see. You used acrylic paint on your beard? Yeah, it was. It was Why? a bad idea. I, well, I went to the dollar idea, store though. just to get paint. I was a starving student. I was eating Mr. Noodles three times it a day. It doesn't mean you have to, like, mutilate your face. Well, it, like, it, it worked. It was white. My beard was white. I guess it was. It wasn't a, it wasn't a great idea in the end. No, yeah, I wouldn't wasn't. do it now. Yeah, that's good. But I did it at... I'm glad you've grown. Yeah. I think <laughs> I, you know, I was 20, 21, 22 at the time. I still haven't reached that age. Am I going to make those same mistakes? No. That's good. No. You don't, you don't drink as much as I did back then. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you'll be a lot smarter than I am oh my uh, at the age of 22, I can tell you that. Should we cut to break? Because we just started talking about drinking. Maybe we should just cut to break. Good timing. Yeah, we got a new ad fresh coming on the show. So, yeah, yeah, let's get to it. And then uh, I guess just after the ads, we'll throw right to the interview. So, uh, yeah, sorry. There's not a lot of Canucks news. So we might go off the rails here. I'll tell my Alex Burroughs story. I'll tell my Alex Burroughs story. There we go. We'll go off the rails in the second episode. We do have some prospect stuff to do in in the second half. But uh, the big part of this episode, obviously, is the interview with Jack Rathbone. He's got a chance of making the Canucks roster out of camp this year. Uh, But I'm pretty certain we're going to see him in a Canucks jersey at some point during the season. So uh, let's hear from him right now. Let's get to the interview after the ads here with Jack Rathbone. And before we go any further, just wanted to give a quick shout out to the presenting sponsor of the Canucks Conversation podcast, Zephyr Epic, Canada's source for trading card games and sports cards. We open a lot of hockey cards for them and you can too. You can use promo code CanucksConvo for $5 off your order. They ship free anywhere in Canada on orders over $50, so take advantage of that. Again, that is promo code CanucksConvo at ZephyrEpic.com, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic, on all platforms, on Twitter, Instagram, and join them on Twitch every Thursday for weekly case break giveaways. Chris and I have a lot of fun doing these. You guys should check them out as well. We've been having a lot of luck. We opened a lot of Quinn Hughes cards, and now we're doing the DiPietro diving. You can catch us on Twitter and Instagram opening hockey cards at random times. It's really hard to find out when we're going to do it because we don't really know when we're going to do it. But be on the lookout for that and make sure you go buy yourself some hockey cards, whatever cards you need from Zephyr Epic. Z-E-P-H-Y-R Epic on all platforms. And before we go any further, just want to give a quick shout out to one of the sponsors of the Canucks Conversation, Mike's Hard Lemonade. And if you guys are looking for a zero sugar, zero carbs, and also 7% vodka drink, look no further than Mike's Harder Zero. They have three different flavors right now, lemon, lime, and cherry, with apparently more flavors just around the corner. Uh, so with zero sugar, zero carbs, natural flavors, and 7% vodka, this crisp vodka soda packs the perfect amount of juicy, tart flavor with with a bit more vodka. So you only got to drink two of these to get drunk quads. That's exciting for you. All right, guys, joining us now, coming fresh off of a career at Harvard, now stepping into the professional ranks. Big time upgrade for the Canucks defense corps over the next couple of years. Jack Rathbone. Jack, how you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're super excited to get you on the day after Halloween. I know you had a little bit of uh, dress up going on. You were a stormtrooper. Why don't you explain how that costume came about? Yeah, it was, uh, I was honestly, I think, um, I wasn't the star of the show. My my younger brother wanted to go as Darth Vader, so uh, we put together a little tandem costume there, and I kind of just, whatever he was going to be, I was going to try and be a pair with him, and we uh, kind of just ripped around the block once or twice and grabbed some candy and called it a night. That's good, and I know we were talking to you about uh, the trick-or-treating protocols. We saw some shoots over here. How did it go over there? 
it was good. It was, uh, I think people were definitely a little nervous and everything's kind of, uh, thrown for a loop here in the, in the times that we're in. So there, there are a lot of candy bowls left out on the, uh, the front steps and, the the take one signs, which uh, I don't think my brother listened to. Um, but, uh, but no, it was fun. He's probably just being nice and grabbing an extra one for you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm curious because like you, we just talked about it with trick or treating, how life has kind of changed. What's it been like for you? Like compared to a typical off season, like are you normally out working out with a group of guys or working out with your school or being able to skate? Like, has that been taken away from you uh, with this COVID yeah. world that we're living in? Yeah, it's different. I mean, a lot of the just, I think everyone's dealing with the modifications of like, gotta, like, uh, my old trainer used to, it was free to walk in whenever you come show up at like 30 to 45 minutes before your lift, or you could show up 15 minutes, depending on like the warm up you wanted to get in. But now it's, you gotta come in at a certain time, you gotta leave through one door, um, you're, you're coming in with a mask on, taking your temperature. So I think everyone's dealing with that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, no, it's, train's been good. I think a lot of it's actually the, uh, with the start dates being kind of up in the air right now, people don't really know when to fully ramp it up and kind of, cause you don't want to burn out or anything before we even hit the ice for camp. So, um, yeah, I think, but it's, it's been good. I think trying to stay in shape and trying to be on the ice as much as possible without, like I said, trying to burn out. Yeah, no doubt. The The joke that I've heard from a lot of uh, players over the past couple of months is that everybody's going to come into camp with 20 extra pounds of muscle because they've all been in their basements uh, doing extra curls and squats. Are you going to show up with uh, an extra 30 pounds somewhere, Jack? I'd like to think so. <laughs> hopefully not in the stomach, but uh, hopefully, uh, no, it's, but it's been good. I think, um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not the biggest guy, so I think anytime I get a little extra time in the gym or um, a little extra time to prepare off ice, I think that's that's a positive for me. Now, Jack, you now know you're going to have a place to play in North America, which must be a relief for you with the AHL announcing that they're going to try and come back on February 5th. I'm curious if at any point the thought of playing in Europe crossed your mind. I think it, uh, it definitely crossed my mind. I have actually one of my close buddies from Harvard, this kid, Jack Curry, who uh, he actually just signed, he signed in the SHL at the beginning of their season this year. So it just, talking with him honestly I think that was honestly the what introduced the idea to me the opportunity but um after talking with uh Vancouver and uh what they thought was kind of the best plan of action for me was to kind of stay here um I think in the back of their minds they had an idea that there was going to be some hockey to play over here in North America um at at whatever level it may be but I think again like I mentioned before any extra time I can get to try and train and um work work on my my side of the game off the ice i think that's a that's a huge positive for me absolutely and what kind of group are you working out with now uh back home i mean i know your dad's been a coach for a long time are you working out with him or are you working out with a different group of people no i uh off the ice i'm training with this guy right now his name's keith mcgrath um it's kind of a one-on-one situation but uh he uh he's been great i've been with him like close to five times a week and then um on the ice, we, we've got a good group, group of uh, local pros that are actually skating right now, just guys that have obviously come back from the bubble now and settled down and taken a couple weeks off. Guys are starting to get back on the ice. And, um, but definitely, it's it's been good, whether it's on the ice or off the ice. I think we've everyone's kind of in a routine now, which is good. And um, before, with quarantine and everything, guys were just trying to get a workout yeah. in when they could. And now 
with a little bit more structure, I think guys are starting to wrap it up. Yeah, we talked to Aiden McDonough last week, who's uh, playing with Northeastern. He's just said that like all those guys are just practicing now, so they're just itching for games. So I'm wondering if you're getting into any you know three on threes or two on twos, or is it all just kind of battles and practice for you right now? Uh, I think it's a little combination. We've uh, there's there's a couple local skills coaches that have been helping out, just running skates, and um, I mean a lot of the older guys they they know what you need to do in order to get in shape. So. Uh, we've we've been doing a bunch of different stuff, whether it's battle or strictly like working on certain skills or um, a lot of like three on three, four on four to kind of finish up the skate. Absolutely. It sounds like you come from a hockey family, Jack. Like I'm wondering, um, it's it, like it's interesting talking to some Canucks prospects. Some of them that come out of like a, a Canadian hockey league like the WHL or the OHL find that that jump up to the AHL or the NHL is just massive. But what we've seen, which is so interesting, that guys that go to college, you know, maybe get to play a couple extra years, um, seem to have an easier way of transitioning to professional hockey. Is that what you're kind of hoping for? Like, do you think that those couple years at Harvard made you into the perfect spot now to jump into professional hockey? I think so. Um, I think just college hockey in general, you're, you're kind of playing against what could be considered men already. You know, a lot of guys coming in at, as 21-year-old freshmen now in college hockey. So definitely some older guys, some bigger bodies, um, maybe a little bit more wide open in terms of the uh, terms of the play, obviously, when compared to like the AHL and the NHL. But I think that's why I, I wanted to play college hockey ever since growing up. It's hard not to when you're a Boston kid. Um, all the great opportunities right around you, whether it's BC, BU, Northeastern, and I'm obviously biased towards Harvard, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, no, I think that, and then playing for a guy like Coach Donato with the uh, reputation he has, and um, you know, playing uh, in the NHL for as long as he did, he knows what it takes. So learning from guys like that, and then um, just college hockey in general, I thought it was in terms of what would be best for my development to hopefully one day make that transition, like you guys said, a little bit easier. Jack, for Canucks fans that don't know you and haven't watched your game enough yet, what would you say the biggest strength and the biggest weakness in your game is? I'd say my strength is uh, kind of my offensive creativity and my skating ability, um, being able to transition the puck from uh, defense to offense and kind of be that fourth forward almost. And then uh, I'd say my, my weakness or something that I'm always trying to work on is uh, a lot of just like the defensive positioning and my feet can kind of allow me to do some things that uh, get me into trouble sometimes. So a lot of decision-making on when to jump and when not to, but um, those are things that I've been working on the past two years and uh, things that through video and help from coaches, I, uh, I think are ready to continue to develop and hopefully make that transition a little bit easier. Now, once you signed, we were talking to Thatcher Demko on Zoom, and somebody asked him about you, and he couldn't stop smiling. He was so excited, and he was telling us about the days you guys used to play Xbox together and all that sort of stuff. What can you say about your relationship with Thatcher Demko? He's awesome. He's uh, He's been great for me. Just, I mean, obviously the player that he is, looking up to him kind of as a role model. And then uh, I, was, I was young. I was like a freshman, I think, in maybe eighth grade, freshman in high school when he was here. Um, just because the family friends being having that connection, he would come over every now and again for kind of a home cooked meal, and um, whether it was pond hockey or playing Xbox, um, you know, I obviously looked up to him. He was he uh, he didn't have to, but he he was a really nice guy to me, and um, I, I was a bit. My dad played at BC, so 
growing up, I always used to go to the BC games and kind of idolize those guys. Um, so it was, uh, but it was a relationship that I, I, uh, I thought was great and definitely helped me and watching him transition, have the success that he had here in the postseason was really fun for me and my family. And, uh, now I'm psyched to, uh, kind of get reacquainted with him and hopefully play with him one day. Absolutely. Maybe show him how much the slap shots increased a little bit and improved over the years. <laughs> I hope. I hope from freshman year, I guess. Yeah, no doubt. What did you think when you saw that performance in the playoffs? I mean, those three games against Vegas, that's the best trio of games from a goaltender all through the playoffs, it felt like. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, uh, if you don't watch hockey, you you knew how good he played. I think it was uh, it was, spe- it was special what he did. And I was psyched for him. I, I, I knew he was capable of it, so just watching him at BC, but um, watching him do it at the the highest level was was really cool for me and my family, and um, something that we loved watching. Absolutely, and something else uh, that you just kind of mentioned there when you talked about your strength is something that I find so interesting because it seems like uh, coming into this Canucks camp, this training camp that we're going to have, a couple of the wild cards to really make the jump into the NHL uh, is yourself and forward Niels Huglander, and you brought up offensive creativity, and I find that so interesting because that's not really a thing that we talked about about guys coming into the league maybe 10 years ago. Like It felt like maybe Alexander Ovechkin was like the first guy to be called like offensively creative. So what is it about you know, being creative offensively is something that you like to talk about when you mention it in one of your strengths. Yeah, I think uh, being able to get out of your zone first and foremost for a D-man, but then once you do, trying to make plays and uh, create offense um, for whether it's getting the puck in the forward's hands and letting them do it themselves. But um, if you need to jump in and be that fourth forward, I think the way the game's trending right now, um, D-men are – almost rovers in the offensive zone. There's no more kind of like set structure, I think. And uh, I think that suits my game and um, something that I'm excited to hopefully get the opportunity to do um, at the highest level. Jack, I know this is a bit of a loaded question, so, you know, take it easy here. But, um, uh, you know, do you think you're NHL ready? Because there's a lot of scouts that say you are. But for yourself, do you think you are? Yeah, I mean, I... I'm confident in my game. Um, I don't, I think the NHL, I mean, you always work to kind of play at the next level and at, at every level you're at. And then finally I'm, I'm kind of here to um, play professional hockey and hopefully play in the NHL. But I think I, I would say that I'd like to think that I am. Um, I'm confident in my abilities. Um, and, you know, it's, Again, I mean, I don't, I don't want to speak out of line here, but um, I'm excited to go into a camp and try and make it a hard decision for them and um, hopefully, you know, achieve my dream of playing in the NHL sooner rather than later. Absolutely. We're excited to see it too. Um, <laughs> I want to go back to another hard decision. I know it's something that was talked about a lot after the Canucks drafted you. Um, from the 16-17 season at Dexter, you ended up coming back to play high school hockey. Uh, I know that the story that we kind of heard was that you wanted to stay closer to your brother. Uh, I'm wondering if you could just walk us through how that decision went, Jack. Yeah, it was... Uh, I uh, I actually I got drafted at, right after my junior year, like you said. And um, most guys kind of on that path they uh they look to the ushl um in order to kind of they say that the ushl is a little bit easier of a jump in terms of your transition from juniors to college compared to say prep school to college so um i had that opportunity and i went out there for a few games i loved it but 
I mean, being, I, I couldn't pass up the opportunity to be home and um, be close to my family, be close to my brother and sister. Um, and I think a big thing for me and was the uh, confidence that Coach Donato had in me to be able to do that. Um, a lot of coaches now, they'll kind of funnel guys in the juniors, in the USHL, and then eventually to, to college. And I think it's, it's a fantastic group. But um, I think everyone has their own individual development path. And uh, a lot of it for me at that time when I was drafted was I wasn't the biggest guy. I was a lot smaller than I was in terms of being able to put on weight um, and, and grow. And uh, I think what was, what was good for me was being able to have the puck on my stick a lot mm-hmm. uh, in prep school. and then being able to off the ice to be eating home cooked meals and um, being in the gym as much as I was, I think that prepared me a lot for, for college hockey and uh, the size and the strength of those guys to be able to make that transition a little bit more easier um, compared to being on long bus rides and playing whatever it is, 62 games compared to say the around 50, 45, 50 that I would have played here in terms of the fall hockey season leading into prep school. So um, yeah, I think just, it was it was definitely a difficult decision for me, but at the end of the day, you know, I wanted to spend a little bit more time at home, and um, I think the confidence that the coaches had at Harvard and me to be able to do that was also something that pushed me to make that decision. Absolutely, and and we've heard a lot about. I mean, the story's been reported on that you wanted to stay home with your brother, but I got to ask the home cooked meals. What's the mom's go to home cooked meal for you? <laughs> That's uh, she's an unbelievable cook. Hopefully she listens to that, so I get a little brownie <laughs> points there. But um, I think anything Italian, I think the uh, chicken parm is uh, something that she's dynamite at. Um, honestly, anything that comes out of her kitchen, I'm, I'm going to be eating. So, uh, yeah. That's good. My co-host Dave here is uh, very Italian. He's He's got a couple spots for you when you get here to Vancouver. Yeah, we can, we can tell Love you it. all the good Italian spots when you get here. <laughs> Absolutely. I wanted to ask, too, I mean, moving on to college hockey is one thing, um, but moving on to potentially the most prestigious school in the world, uh, in Harvard's one thing as well. What was it like, you know, just attending that school as your university? It was awesome. I think you, uh, the second you step on campus, um, the tradition, the history, it's, you, you can feel it once you step into Harvard Square there. And then um, being able to play for a school like Harvard with the tradition in the sport that they've had um, and the great players that have, that have come through there, that was something that I wanted to be a part of. And uh, it was it was a dream come true getting that acceptance letter. And um, I think obviously I wouldn't have gone there. Academics wasn't an important piece of uh, my life. And um, – my family's uh, life. So uh, I was excited to be able to get that opportunity both on and off the ice. And um, I'd like to think that I, I made the most of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Jack, on the note of at Harvard, you know, did the thought ever cross your mind of staying there and becoming a free agent like you've seen other college players do? Um, I think, you know, it's, I mean, you've seen guys do it before, so you know it's a, a possibility, but um, the Canucks have, especially their their player development staff and uh, their management and their coaches and everyone's honestly the two development camps I attended I, uh, I got a great feeling and loyalty something that's that's pretty big to me um, so I, I knew they took a chance on me and uh, they again the decision that you mentioned there on whether to play in the USHL or um, go to prep school I think they were great in terms of 
kind of given me my space to be able to make that decision on my own and they didn't pressure me either way. So um, they've been great to me and the, the relationship, whether it's with um, Chris Higgins or Ryan Johnson, those guys have been awesome for me um, in terms of trying to grow as a player and being a resource for me. So I think that was something that I, I knew I, I wanted to be a part of this kind of an organization and uh, kind of work alongside people like that. That's great to hear. Now the city itself, what's your first impression of Vancouver? I mean, it's beautiful. I was, I was, I actually, I had ankle surgery, uh, the, literally the first day of development camp last year. So I, I couldn't attend development camp, but, um, that was, I was, I was bummed because being able to experience being a professional hockey player basically for a week was basically the highlight of my summer. So I was, uh, I was pretty bummed I was able to wasn't able to go to that development camp, but um, I mean the city's beautiful, the fans are unbelievable, so I'm I'm psyched to get things going. Absolutely, I uh, I got to go back to college a little bit here because, uh, like I mentioned, we talked to Aiden McDonough last week, uh, and he's got a question for you. Um, how does it feel losing to Northeastern in the Bean Pot? <laughs> wow. Oh God! So it's uh, I mean, Dunzo's one of my best friends. He's uh, I just. <laughs> The bean pot, something. I mean, you grow up every year. I basically went to I think literally every bean pot up to the ones that I played in, and uh, I think that that's going to leave a sour taste in my mouth not being able to come home with one of those. But I'll be a good guy here and say that I'm happy for him. And, uh, happy to see him. Say if if anyone's going to bring it home, I'm happy it's him. So, um, but it was good. No doubt. He uh, he also wanted me to ask who you believe is the better street hockey player out of you two. <laughs> It's not even close. It's um, I, I'd say he's a he's a much more defensive minded street hockey player. He's he's uh, big into he he'll do anything for a team in order whether it's blocking a shot or um, getting a puck out that you need out. But I, I'd say it's not even close. I'd say it's me. Good to hear. And the final thing was, um, I, and we're both fans of this. Dave and I both grew up playing baseball. Uh, the AAU baseball days. He's wondering if you have a story from there. <laughs> um. Oh my gosh, top of my head. Uh I I don't have any stories, but I think it was just like it was a blast like being able to play with uh, we were honestly it was a bunch of hockey guys wanting to play baseball, so it was it was a fun group to be a part of. Our, I think our lineup like 1 through 6, 1 through 7 was all hockey players. So that was hilarious and then you're you're playing double headers and um you're spending weekends with your best friends. I think it was those are memories that all I definitely won't take for granted. It was a blast. And, um, I mean, me and Aiden played hockey and baseball together all the way up until literally the year before he went to the USHL and I, I ended up going into Harvard. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a blast. And hopefully we can, uh, hopefully he'll one day sign here and eventually kind of reunite that. What position do you play in baseball? I was a catcher at the time. Nice. Calling pitches. I like it. Nice stuff. Yeah. I got to ask yep. because we got like when we would go down to United States tournaments with our baseball team, they would always say like, oh, these Canadians come down and they always get into scraps when they come down here and charge <laughs> them out every time they get hit. Like, I, I feel like it's similar with hockey players. You guys you ever get any brawls in your time? We uh, we didn't have anything, thank God. I don't know if I would have been the first guy to start it. Uh, I'm not the, the biggest guy, but I'd say um, Dunzo being the big boy that he is, I, I, I jump on him, I guess. He... Uh, but no, we we didn't we didn't get into anything that that I remember. But um, I think we were all ready if something were to happen. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Would have been fun. You got to, I mean, six hockey guys on the team. That's, that's going to be okay in a baseball brawl, I think. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Jack, looking at what your season looked like um, from your first year with Harvard to your second, obviously the points go up quite a bit. You get up to 31 points in 28 games last year. Uh, what do you think that improvement came from? Do you think it was something with the team or was it something that just a different spot with you being put in? Um, I'd say it was, I mean, we, we definitely had some departures, some, some big name guys on the back end there with Johnny Marino and Adam Fox uh, leaving. I think me being able to step into a, a new opportunity and new role, um, kind of as, as a little bit more of a leader on the, on the back end there was, was something that I was, I was ready for. And I think I, uh, was able to take advantage of it, but I think a lot of that was preparation in the off season and, um, honestly, just, just more confidence coming in there and knowing that I'd be a, a little bit more relied on than I was my freshman year. Um, and then with the help of the coaches and, uh, coach Marcu, coach Nato and coach Tortorella, um, having the confidence in me to be able to step into that role and kind of do my thing was, was something that I was excited about too. And, um, yeah, I mean, you also, we were, we were pretty deep back end in terms of our, one through six, um, we, we had guys that could play up and down the lineup and playing with guys like that, it's when kind of makes your life easier. So um, I was excited to be able to step into that role and definitely had a lot of help along the way. I was wondering, did you have any goals going into your final year? Like, I, I know that you probably weren't even thinking at the start of the year, this is going to be my final year of, of college hockey. But, like, did you have a goal set for what your sophomore season was going to look like? And do you think you hit it last year? Yeah, I uh... – I don't love to set like whether it's numbers or anything. I don't love to set goals kind of that way. I just honestly, I just I just want to be become a, a more well-rounded kind of two hundred foot defenseman. Um, mm-hmm. And from a confidence standpoint, I I knew that I I would get the minutes to be able to grow as a player. But um, I think I, I was able to make the most of my uh, my opportunity that I was given. And um, yeah, I think in terms of goals, I think I definitely I was excited, but you know, at the end of the day, you want to win. And I know, obviously, we there wasn't even a national championship to win this year, but yeah. um, little things like a Beanpot championship and uh, obviously wouldn't even have the opportunity to win the ECACs there. But, um, yeah, I think little things like that I, I definitely look back on as a, as a team that I think we we know we, we had the opportunity to and we had the team to, but obviously just kind of didn't go our way there, but. Um, from a goal standpoint, those are the big things that I would circle were uh, the being caught and, and those kind of team-oriented goals. But um, obviously it didn't happen and something that I wish could have gone uh, differently. But, um, hey, you know, I mean, the world's kind of in limbo right now. So yeah, we, uh, we no one was able to finish out the way they wanted to. So mm-hmm. um, definitely something I think back on. And I, I loved – being a part of the team we had this year we had, we had a great group of guys jack on the topic of goals coming into training camp this year do you have a goal set out for yourself yeah i think um i, I don't think anyone goes into a training camp not wanting to kind of or, or any trial for that matter not wanting to make the team i think my uh i think that's definitely a goal of mine is to, to play in the nhl this year but um honestly i just i want to learn as much as possible try and be as with this being my first year pro, I just, I want to be a sponge, try and um, learn as much from, from any of the older guys and um, anyone really, honestly, that, that ends up attending camp, that'll, 
be an incredible opportunity for me and um, something I'm excited to get going. Absolutely. Uh, we're waiting for a date so we can get down there and see you guys practicing at the rink. We're excited to get that going. And uh, Jack, we wish you all the best now in the off season with your workouts. I'm sure about to ramp up here for training camp. And uh, yeah, hopefully the world gets back to normal sometime soon because we'd love to have fans in the arena watching you skate around in the blue and green soon here. Definitely. Thank you. Awesome, Jack. We'll have a good rest of the time and uh, we'll see you at training camp, man. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. And a huge thank you to Jack Rathbone. Chris, what a great conversation that was. Awesome, dude. Wishing the best of luck at camp. Um, and that's something we're going to talk about for a long time, obviously, going oh into my camp. Gosh, uh, yeah. That's the big story. Like, to me, that's the big story um, on what the biggest drama is at camp. It's which one of these three out of him, Yolevi, and uh, and Brogan Rafter, you're going to make the team. So that's going to be a huge story. And we're glad to get him on the show. I mean, this kid's going to be an NHL pro for a long time and getting him on the show right now is great. Awesome to deal with. Uh, hope to keep that relationship going in the training yeah. camp and see if we can chat with him then as well. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, okay. And I know there's a little off topic cause I'm sure we're going to have a lot of conversations about this, but like, what are your top three storylines going into camp? And I'll go first so you could stew on it a little bit, but I mean, sure. obviously there's the one you mentioned and I don't, I don't really want to rank them, but I'd put that one at the highest. That's the big one. For me. I think so. And then I'd say number two is probably, is Jake Furtanen going to be in shape? Because every training camp we've seen lately, the past two in one season, he hasn't been. Yeah. And there's there's people saying he's working out in Kelowna. Like, I saw him say that he's working out with Tyler Myers at the home gym, which is awesome. Uh, Ted Wong on Twitter said that he saw him in a gym and he looks big. Do with that what you will. I, I hope it's a good good kind of big, and it's not the big country, yeah. big tuna that we've seen uh, at the past two training camps. But yeah, I, I'm really pulling for Jake for ten. I, I, you know, I'd love to see him succeed. Yeah. What's your other one then? My other one is really who's going to get the starting position out of the uh, in in oh, net. The goalies. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you know, maybe that's just because I love talking about goalies, but Demko and Holpe, man, I. I don't know. It's going to be hard to assess in training camp. Are there going to be looking at those two? Like it's so strange to look at the way their careers have gone. And I think a lot of, a lot of people have Demko ahead as a starter. Yeah. If you look at their careers, you know, a lot of people would say the stats indicate it should be Holtby, but I think what you see with Demko and the step he's going to take, you need him to take that step into a starter. So yeah, that's, that's a good story as well. Uh, Yeah. And I mean, I think the Canucks got it right. And I think I've, I've said this before, but like, yeah, Jacob Markstrom would have helped them next year for sure. He's undoubtedly a better goalie than Demko and Holtby, but you know, they're, they're banging on the future here with, with Demko and that's what they should do. If yeah. I'm being honest with you. So I agree I with your three. I'll, I'll give you a couple more sure. uh, just because like, I think these are big stories too. And this one's similar sort of related to Jake Vertanen, um, who's going to play on the top line with Miller and Pedersen. Is it Jake Vertanen? Is it Brock Besser? Is it Adam insert Goodett. name somewhere else here? Um, so I think that like, that's going to be an interesting one to see how that kind of plays out in camp. The other one is, and I, I don't think it's going to be much of a story because I don't think he's going to make the team, but if Sven Berchi is able to come in, Ooh. you know, like it, it's going to be interesting just to see how he's, I think it's going to be interesting to see how he's treated at camp and how he acts at camp. Yeah. You know? Body language is going to be a huge thing. We look at not even like, yeah, that's true. But like the, as well as just like, is he going to be a guy who's put on a fourth, like on a, like a sixth or fifth yep. or sixth line with Cole Lind yep. and you know, some center that I hear you Michaelis, or I guess he's gone. Michaelis. I still can't say that dude's name <laughs> anyways, but like, is he going to be there or are we going to see chances where Sven Berchi is playing with Adam Goddard and Antoine Roussel? Like, or is he on a second line with Horvat and, and Pearson? Like he could, like he could, but I don't think 
that the Canucks are going to put him in that spot, but I'm curious to see if they do even just like scrimmage drills. Like if he's playing in top six roles or if he's playing with players that are in the Canucks top six, that's very promising for Berchi. And I just, I wonder if that, if he's in that group or if he's more with the AHL guys, right? Like, is he skating with Justin Bailey on a line or is he with, you know, certain other players like Gadjevich or something? So I, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see the placement that the Canucks coaching staff does with Sven Berchi at camp. Especially when we, you know, we speculate that it's a bit of a frayed relationship between the two. I, yeah, I don't think, I I mean, there was definitely reservations last year. They called him up very briefly, but man, what's going to happen with Michael Furland? I think that's another thing we got to talk about because I think it kind of ties into the Bear I think that's a camp story though, really. I think we're going to find out something before camp. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I don't think he shows, like, he either shows up to camp or he doesn't, right? Like, we're, we're going to hear before camp if he's not showing up, mm-hmm. or he's going to show up to camp, and then we just have to deal with the same thing that we've been dealing with for the past little bit, and just like, man, is he health? Like, is he okay to play this game, right? Like, you wish nothing but health for the guy, and it's it's unfortunate to see him have to take all these setbacks, and he just wants to play hockey, right? So, yeah, I think that his storyline is going to be another one in training camp. There's a lot. Like, man, we're talking about no Canucks news right now. Oh, man, once we get into training camp, oh, we might man. have to do five shows a week just yeah, to, like, no kidding. to keep up with this, what's going on with this. We should so. definitely do a live from training camp recording. I think that'd be so Oh, fun. man, imagine that. We, like, bring in, like, all the other media guys to come by for a couple minutes oh, and chat. Man. Well, maybe not in COVID, but in regular times. Hey, well, mask great. up. You know, we'll see. Mask yeah, up. We'll I see. guess we have the 25-foot cable. We'll see all get tested together. Yeah, the 25-foot cable. We'll put them on the stand like a player <laughs> and just, like, bring them on the Canucks. Oh, combo, so. That is fantastic. We, You know what? We could definitely do it 25 feet away. We just give them a put a headset, something, put it away from us, and, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Okay, tell us the Burroughs story you've teased. Oh, the Burroughs story. Yes, okay, so... I was in grade six at the time, and NHL 12 had just come out. No, I was in... Yeah, it doesn't matter what grade I was in. Yeah, grade six. Uh, NHL 12 had just come out, and Steven Stamkos was on the cover. I hadn't got the game yet. There was a competition. You know, remember, the Canucks are just coming off uh, the Stanley Cup run, right? Like, they lost the Stanley Cup, and then in October, when this happened, uh, there was a contest for the school that could cheer the loudest... Uh, in a video or whatever, Alex Burroughs would come visit your school and come come talk. So he came and, you know, he's talking and he's like talking at the front of the classroom. I don't have a good Burroughs impression, but no, you don't. <laughs> but he was, he was talking or whatever. And then, uh, yeah, he was just telling us about different stuff. And, you know, it's a bunch of kids. Right. And then a guy from EA Sports, I don't know his name, came out and was like, oh, yeah, we're going to give away some copies of NHL 12. Like uh, we're going to do some trivia. And I was just like. Well, I'm going to clean up. Like, yeah. this is my chance to get this game. Yep. I was going to have to wait till Christmas, but I was like, well, I'm going to clean up. Like, you know, you know, I, I know everything about the Canucks now, but I, I, I knew a lot back then, too, especially for like a 12 year old. I think yeah. I was probably I knew the most about the Canucks in my whole school there. So we're, we're there. And uh, the way it was, is he'd ask a question and then you just put up your hand. So kids are like jumping up and they're like in the in the way and like everything like that. And I just kind of sat there with my hand up. And he points at me and then I get up and I run up to the front and uh, yeah, Alex bros is like right there in front of me. And I wasn't even worried about that. I was just like, I'm going to get NHL 12. So the guy's like, the question was, uh, what is, 
Oh, yeah, it was it was what is Alex Burrow's famous celebration. So for that one, there was a lot less hands up. Like not everybody knew that one. So that was the one I got on, and I was I was like, oh, uh, it's the Luke Burdon uh, arrow or whatever. And then uh, yeah, Burrow's gave me the game, and I was so stoked. And then he was walking to his cab, and there were so many kids like chasing him, like <laughs> trying to get his autograph. And I was just like, and he he wasn't really talking. He was just kind of signing, passing, signing, passing. He wasn't talking to anybody. And I was like, I was like, Alex, do you mind signing this? And he like stopped, signed my game. And I'm like, yes, I got him to sign my game. I get home and I pull off the shrink wrap from the game. And I'm like, oh man, the, <laughs> uh, the, the autograph I got was just gone. So I was like, well, you didn't keep the shrink wrap though. No, I did oh, for man. like, I, think, yeah, I, I kept it for like was, a month yeah. and then I was just like, this is garbage. I can just throw this out. So <laughs> I was like, be a pretty funny uh, autograph to have though. Facebook marketplace signed shrink wrap from <laughs> Alex Burrows. NHL 12. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I, I was thinking about Alex Burrows today, actually. Really? Because with Manny Malhotra being gone. Ooh, I like where this is going. So he's a coach that's not on the bench, but he's in practice. You know, he's more of an advisor, I'd say. Like, that's what Manny Malhotra was. He wasn't on the bench with the Canucks, right? Mm-hmm. With Manny Malhotra gone, like, and, and um, uh, sorry, Alex Burroughs being an AHL assistant coach in Laval, for a year, yeah. you know, if he's willing to come back to the city of Vancouver from Montreal, like, it makes a lot of sense for Burroughs to be the guy to replace Manny Malhotra. I mean, like, it's, it's perfect. Like, yeah. it seems perfect. Well, Malhotra was the video coach, right? So... Right, and he was on the ice, you know, with them yes, too. He was face-offs guy. And but all how that. how tech savvy is Alex Burrows? Well, they got video guy. Ryan Beach is a video guy. He'll he'll handle. Ryan Beach isn't gonna hook up. Do you Burrows. imagine? Can you imagine the life that Ryan Beach is going through? Like if he is now like <laughs> in one year he gets hired and now he's like teaching Alex Burrows how to run videos. <laughs> like what a life! <laughs> oh, I wish I had a better Alex Burrows impression. Oh. Because then I could I could just totally recreate a scene between the two of those guys. Yeah. That'd be a, that'd be a fun interaction. I'd love to be a fly on the wall when Ryan Beach is teaching uh, <laughs> teaching Alex Burrows how to do AV equipment. Yeah, well, that would be cool. I just think that he just seems like you know, like we they have all these advisors and stuff for guys yep. in college. And Jack talked about it in the interview, um, like Ryan Johnson, Chris Higgins, and, Chris yep. Higgins and, and stuff like that. Like it just seems like you know. Burroughs is the guy you want around your locker room. He's a real, he's the guy who's got like the perfect story to rise to be an NHL star, right? Like he's, he was a guy who came up through multiple leagues, a roller hockey guy, like, and ends yeah. up making it to the NHL. Like he had to work hard. You know, you don't think having Alex Burroughs around Jake for wouldn't help him a ton. Like I just, it just seems like a, a home run swing to me. The only thing would be like Burroughs only has one year coaching experience and he is also moved back home. Right. So like, yeah. does he want to come back to Vancouver? Yeah. Especially right now. And the coach. Yeah, exactly. And the coaching experience. Like I, I know that he's not gonna be on the bench. Maybe he works his way into there in the mm-hmm. future and does a similar path. Like Manny Malhotra. Malhotra's, you know, this wasn't a one year thing with Malhotra. He's been here for a few years with the Canucks coaching. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, yeah, I, I thought of that today. Uh, just when I was, in my brain laying in bed staring at the ceiling uh and i was like yeah alex burrows would be a good replacement for manny Malhotra. I love it. he could tell him to win the turd win the turd yeah um oh, okay prospects report all right let's hear it we don't have a report really because they're not yeah. playing yeah a lot I of mean, them aren't playing right now this shl's on a break uh khl is sort of on a break or they're not really on a break but they're their players that the canucks have are on a break uh zlodiev's on a break because he's headed to this big tournament quads. They got three Canucks players. We were struggling the other day. I put out the article. Oh, my god! And we were freaking out about it. We'll get into that in a second. But the Karjala or Karhala Cup. Did yeah. you know this this tournament? So it's held in Finland. I think it's been going on for like 
20 plus years, 25 plus years or something. The first year of existence of this tournament, it was called the Sauna Cup. Really? I didn't yeah, know that. Just the sauna, as, as they call it over there, the sauna cup. Oh, that's funny. So <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was a hilarious name for the tournament. But yeah, so the Canucks that are going to be competing in this one, um, Victor Persson is going to play for Sweden's U20 team, which is exciting. And then they have the two Russians in Dmitry Zlodiev and Vasily Podkolzin. So, captain's team Russia. Yes, and we saw a video today of him doing the, uh, the, PD, the PD yeah. flip in the air yeah. stick sort of thing. I got to try and pull that off. There's no way you could. Oh, dude, that's the thing. No, people disrespect my hands. Like I have a, I have a good shot and great hands in hockey. I, I just can't move very. You probably much. have really good hand eye from baseball. Oh yeah, that's what that, I'm saying. That's all I have. Dude, I have good that turkey eye. video. I told you this. So yeah. when I sniped into that turkey's hole, right, you know, at the time this deep in quarantine when you're itching for content, yep. that was like second shot. I put it right in the hole there, and I haven't shot. I didn't shoot a hockey stick for probably like two years. Second shot and. Two years of not touching it, right up the turkey's hole. It's really good that I'm a goalie because we can, you know, we can put this to the test. Yeah, we I can. gotta go buy new pads though. We were yeah, gonna yeah, go right. play, and my pads broke the day we were gonna Sitting go. Sitting at home and busting them up. Yeah, so I gotta go. I gotta go buy new pads. All right, so this tournament, uh, it's gonna be really fun to watch. It starts Thursday morning. Uh, I'm super excited to wake up at three thirty a.m. As you can hear in my voice, three uh, thirty <laughs> is the first game, and I think the next one is four and a half hours after that, so eight o'clock. Wow. Um, yeah, so those are going to that's the problem. Like if I'm waking up at 3:30, just give me the other game right after. Like get them off the ice and get the other one going. Don't give me 4-hour break in between. But it's it's good. It's going to be a, an awesome tournament to watch to watch these guys compete. To watch Vasily Podkolz and play against U20 players is what we've been waiting for. Like we, everybody was talking about World Juniors, but the fact that we get this tournament now, he's going to captain this team. He's going to be electric. And I think that he's, you know, him and Zodiev too. Like there's a real possibility that Zlodiev and Pod Colson are killing penalties together. Like they could wow. be on the ice together killing penalties. I don't think that Zlodiev is high enough in the depth charts to play with Pod Colson. Pod Colson's first line guy. He's going to be the first yeah. line winger, whether he's left or right side. Uh, Zlodiev is fighting for the fourth center position, right? He might even mm-hmm. end up playing wing if he has to. Um, so yeah, I think that that it's going to be exciting to watch these guys play together, but they both kill penalties. It's one of the strengths of theirs. So I think that they could end up killing penalties together if the Russian coach trusts Zlodiev enough. So I'm, I'm excited. This is a huge tournament for them um, and person as well. Like it's big for Victor person yeah. to go. Like people don't like he's 18 right now, but he turns 19 in like three, three days. He turns 19. <laughs> so this is the last tournament for him to play in. Uh, for the U20. So, like, this is his last chance eligibility to play in the World Juniors. So, he needs to make the World Juniors this year to play in it. And, like, his stock since being drafted has just skyrocketed. Like, as soon as he got drafted, he went on that, like, five-game point streak. I think he has seven points, seven games where he has points in his last eight. So, yeah. like, he's he's been on absolute tear since getting drafted. And this is kind of setting him up to come to the WHL. And if you go play in the World Junior Championships before you play in a WHL game... Like, he's already going to have to come over to North America if he's going to make the World Juniors. Then he just stays here and goes straight to the WHL. Like, that's exciting times, man. So, I, like, Victor Person's stock just continues to rise. And, and I know that his, his stock, I think we had him at, like, 13th on our prospect rankings, which mm-hmm. we just did for Canucks Army. Um, the top 16 is going to come out. Dave shut down the idea of calling it the super sweet 16. Yeah, that's a great idea. Horrible for SEO. We wouldn't get it's, any clicks. This, is why, I, this is why I manage the site and you write. Yeah, but if people <laughs> saw super sweet 16, they would click it. No, they wouldn't. Yes, they would. No, maybe like listeners of this show and like actual like diehard. Well, there's, there's a thousand clicks fans. right there. 
All right, fair enough, fair you enough. just lost 1,000. Cl- Nobody clicked the articles on Canucks Army because Dave took the good title out of it. <laughs> Please click on the articles on Canucks Army. Don't take that at face value. <laughs> All right, so anyways, yeah, our, our top um, our top 16 is going to be coming out right now. Um, you started today with Joni Gadjevich, which was, you know, we disagreed on that one. You, yeah, me, we did. Steph, uh, Stefan, uh, Stefan, yeah, wow. I almost can't say his name because, yeah, anyways, anyways. Um, <laughs> when we were talking about the top 16, like, I consulted with a lot of people. And, you know, I talked to NHL scout. I talked to Cam Robinson. I talked to J.D. Burke. And they all said Jacob Truscott needs to be higher than Arvid Kosmar and Joni Gadjevich. Jacob Truscott was left off our list because of you. You yeah. wanted him off the list. You said, no, Jonah Gadgerich needs to be on the list. But again, NHL scout, J.D. Burke, and Cam Robinson both said Truscott needs to be higher. What is your reasoning for this, Because Chris? Arvid Kosmar is Arvid Kosmar is much better of a prospect than Jacob Truscott. Truscott. So why? Because he's going to be the second-line center for Sweden at the World Juniors. He ripped up... The Super Elite League last year was a leading scorer for points per game in the Super Elite League in the J20 League as an 18-year-old. Like, that's ridiculous. How is that? That guy should be higher on a lot of people's rankings. Jonah Gadjevich is, is three injuries away from playing an NHL game at the age of 22 years old. You know, he was scoring goals again, at a high a, rate as a 21-year-old in the But that's a the testament AHL. to the Canucks' bad depth. That's not a testament to how good Jonah sure, Gadjevich is. Sure, but he still is. scored 13 goals in 38 games I know, as a 21-year-old kid. Skate. He can't skate. He doesn't have the foot speed for the NHL. It's not going to work. Skate. It's not gonna it's work. Just, he can skate. It takes, I don't know, his stride isn't great. Like, he, his stride is so wide and to the side, it's not forcing him up. And that's something that you can fix. Dude, like, he's like a tougher version of Reed Boucher who can't shoot. He can shoot, man. Jonah no, no, Gadjevich can shoot. Not as good as Reed Boucher. Well, yeah, Reed Boucher is an all star. Yeah, yeah, Reed Boucher, KHL all star. You wash your mouth. Well, he's not. A, he's not doing so great in the KHL. Is he? That's no, so sad. Doing, all of his money is like he. He's got a decent contract, but I think he was making more money in the AHL last year. Mm. But he had all these bonuses in the KHL if he makes the all star team, if he leads the league in goals, and like he ain't doing any of that. Damn. So, Come on, yeah, it's unfortunate. Got to get him on the show. He'll that's our, that's He'll our be, next. He should. Yes. He should have went to the Red Wings, man. He would have been like second line winger on the Red Wings. Hmm. Interesting. But yeah, Gadjevich has things that you can fix, and he he's so close to being a fourth line player in the NHL. Like he can drop the gloves with anybody. He's big. He's strong. He's tough. He can shoot. He's excellent on the power play in front of the net. Like there's, I don't know if there's a better player on the Comets at being the net front presence guy. Mm. You know, like he's excellent in front of that, tipping pucks at just getting his stick on the puck when it's around the crease. Like he's so good at it. He just has a knack for being able to finish goals. And Jacob Truscott, like, all right, like he's he's playing on this United States national team development program, which is an all star team. Watch what you say. He's a guest of the show. I know he is a guest of the show. show. I'm just saying, I think that these other guys are higher than him. But if you're playing on that all-star team, like they're playing against USHL teams, right? Like this is, this is a much better team though. They're 18 and under. And I get that. So you're, you're playing against some guys that are up to 20, I think 21 maybe is as high as you can go in the USHL. It might be 20. I got to check on that. But still like your, your players were picked over. Like you get to pick. It's like, I don't know if you've ever played like these GM modes where it's like first 25 picks. Have you ever done like a franchise mode where they used to have it in MLB? You would get 25, you get the first 25 picks of the draft is what they would do. Then you have like this crazy all-star team. You have to turn salary cap off and everything, but it's a setting that you can do on some of these games. That's pretty much what the United States national team does. They get the first like 25 picks of players in the United States. And then the USHL drafts the rest. 
Yeah. So like that's like if he's put on that team, obviously he's going to be able to have success. And I just think that he's a long ways away from being an NHL prospect. Like he is, I'm sure that he's an NHL prospect right now, but he's a long ways away from us actually talking about him putting on a Canucks jersey. Jonah Gadjevich is close, and Arvid Kosmar, what he did last year in the Super Elite, like that has to take notice. Like that is is a ridiculous season. But if that's your thinking, why is Pearson and Zlodiev so high on our list? Because look what they've done since they got drafted. I mean, and sure, but Truscott hasn't been playing. Right, true. And yeah, he might go into Michigan and tear it up. Then he'll go up. But he's the sixth defenseman on their depth chart. Sure. At Michigan, sure, that's he might fair. not even start for Michigan. He's like, start. He, I'm, he, I'm telling you, he's I'm start. I'm guessing he'll start. Like he's he's a draft pick. Man. He should start, but they have some real talented defensemen in Michigan this year. Yeah, they do. Cam York's still Owen Power is over there now. He's a seven. I think he's a draft guy for 2021. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they had two juniors still coming back. So like these third year guys who played last year, he's not going to steal one of their jobs. Yeah, that's so fair. I, I have him at five or six on their depth chart, right? So, like, mm-hmm. he's got a long ways to go before he starts to actually get NHL consideration. But for raw talent, he, like, he can skate well. He can't skate backwards Sure, but raw well. talent, then you, you have to, like, that's where the prospect rankings is different between us. Like, you have to take into consideration. That's why Brogan Rafferty still goes up so high. Yeah. Brogan Rafferty doesn't have raw talent. He's just under 25 years old and just ripped up the AHL. Yeah. Right. So obviously, there's more raw talent on Jacob Truscott, but there's a way higher percentage of chance that Brogan Rafferty is going to be an NHL player. That's what I'm saying with Jonah Gadjevich. I guess that's fair. And Arvid Kosmar. I think there's a way higher percent, not a way because there is with Rafferty, but with these two, there's a higher percentage of them being NHL players than Jacob Truscott. Truscott. We should make a bet. Right yeah, now. I'm down okay. to make a bet. So well, what's the bet though? Who plays more games by the end of their career, Jonah Gadjevich? Or Jacob Truscott. I'll say Truscott. Man, this is we're making a twenty year bet for right now. Yep. What are we gonna bet? Like a five hundred bucks? Five hundred bucks? What are you talking about? Who knows where we'll be in twenty years? Yeah, who knows with you know inflation and deflation? I don't know, something with money. Let's let's do let's do a pasta more dinner. Okay, in twenty <laughs> years from now, a pasta more dinner. All right, but it's all you can eat and all you can drink. Okay. I'm I, that's definitely up to four hundred dollars. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's just bet fifty bucks or hundred bucks. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, so I'm taking. Ga- Do I get Cosmar too? No, no. Oh, okay. I, I have nothing. I have nothing against Cosmar. I think he should be like you know. I, I again, I'm talking to different scouts, and they said Truscott should be higher than Cosmar. You and say Gadget. better career or just more games played? Huh? Better career or like more games? No, played? No, more NHL games played. Yeah, I'd take Gadjevich. You're taking Gadjevich? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll take Truscott. I'll take my. I'll play um, the odds. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Truscott on that one, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, just talking to these scouts, like they don't really have a problem with Kosmar as much as it's just like Gadjevich isn't going to play in the NHL for an extended period of time unless the Canucks, again, like you said, are just totally injured everywhere and they need to call up somebody to fill a spot in the lineup. Like, yeah, that that makes sense. But again, like these guys, these scouts don't think that he's going to be an NHL player. So I don't know. Like, we'll see. I think if he if he improves his skating. He's got all the other and, tools. And I don't want to put words in their mouth because they're in the show, that. Jonah Gadjevich, sure, too. Sure. Yeah, that's We're true. We're arguing against two friends of the show. We are. Uh, in the past two months. But yeah, I want to make it clear. Like, I don't want to put these guys, you know, Cam and JD, uh, tie them to this take because they didn't really, like, they didn't really say he's not going to be an no, NHL player. No, time to it. They can buy me dinner, they just, <laughs> But they just said, like, yeah, he, he has some things to work on and he's not quite NHL ready yet. And then, yeah, when I sent them the rankings, actually, I think Cam. Actually, Gadjevich just wasn't on the list. 
But uh, yeah, Cam was the one that pointed out that Truscott has quite a few things to work on with uh, backwards skating and stuff, which I found really yeah. interesting. And that's the thing. That's I kind of the push that I made for Gadjevich also extended the list from fifteen to sixteen. Yeah, so I think we were planning on doing fifteen, but after that, our argument through text about Gadjevich versus Truscott, uh, we ended up getting Gadjevich in there. So yeah, which is and funny. you know what? Like next year could be completely different. Absolutely, he goes into Michigan and. You know, shocks me, plays on the power play, puts up a bunch of points as a freshman. More power to him. That's a good thing for the Canucks. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to say he should be in the top 15. Okay. I'd say Cosmer, Cosmer is still ahead of him, though. Yeah. Cosmer is yeah. legit. The, and by the way, speaking of him, the only reason he's not at this tournament yes, yeah. that's coming up is because there's a COVID outbreak for his Ling Coping is believe how you I mean, that definitely butchered the pronunciation on there because it's got a bunch of dots on top of letters like all these <laughs> Swedish teams. But uh, he, yeah, his there was a COVID outbreak in his team, so that's why they had some SHL games canceled, and he's not going to go to this tournament because of that. So, mm. um, and he's getting time in the SHL. Like, there's a couple games this year where he's had regular shifts. I think he's got six games right now, and he's averaging about five minutes per game. But a couple of those games, he just hasn't played, maybe like a couple minutes. But a couple of those games, he's also been a regular fourth-line guy getting shifts, but playing on the wing where he's normally a center uh, in his age division and what he'll be at the World Juniors is a center. And he will be on the World Juniors team for sure. He'd be potentially the first line, probably the second-line center. Mm. Um, so Canucks fans have a lot of guys to follow here at this World Junior, specifically – if person ends up making the team, you got two guys on Sweden, which is always awesome to see. Sweden's just fun to watch. Like these kids that the U twenties that come through the Swedish team every year are so fun. And then hopefully they got two Russians as well. I mean, you for sure have Pod Colson and you know potentially Zlodiev if he's able to have a good camp hmm. and continue to score goals at the uh, at the not only the MHL level but the VHL level as well. So some fun stuff to follow. Um, do you have anything else on the prospect front? Or are we done? No, we didn't really. There's not a lot of games going on. So uh, we'll have a lot uh, on Saturday's show as I'll have a couple of games to wrap up from the from the Carhalla Cup, the Sauna Cup. The Sauna. And uh, yeah, I'm all good for the episode, man. Thanks. Think, uh, thanks for having done. me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for talking prospects with me, even though you don't like Jacob Truscott, who's a great kid, but I the way. like him. He's <laughs> a good kid. I know. I like Jonah Gadjevich too. I just, yeah. I think I think we're gonna disagree on this one, but we'll see how that bet you proved plays me out. wrong. That's my favorite thing to say. Yep, we'll see how this bet plays out in twenty years from now. For Chris Faber, my name is David Quadrelli, and thank you so much for listening to the Canucks Conversation. Hello, thank you for calling Thomas Grant.